You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to Line Noise. Now, I know we normally talk about electronic music here on Line Noise, but I couldn't resist the opportunity to have a word with two genuine musical legends in the form of Panda Bear and Sonic Boom. Uh, Panda Bear, obviously known from Animal Collective, Sonic Boom, from Spaceman 3 and Spectrum and all those wonderful things he died, he's done. Uh, and they also put together a brilliant, brilliant album last year called Reset. Uh, so when they came to Barcelona, uh, I was very, very keen to speak to them. We spoke about all kinds of things, um, about what they liked about each other's music, uh, about being featured in The Simpsons, about song intros, uh, about working with Daft Punk, so many things. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's an absolute pleasure to speak with you. It's a really obvious first thing to ask, but it kind of feels like it needs to be asked. When did you first meet and start making music? Uh, there's some debate about this still, although there's been some uh, evidence found more recently, but uh, it was definitely an online thing that we met first, uh, or we first started talking uh, via email or something uh, similar to that. But uh, I I think sort of the the initial connection that we had was uh, I, I made a record uh, where in the sleeve notes I had put a bunch of bands that were really inspiring to me and Spaceman 3 and Sonic Boom were on the list and Pete happened to be at a, a party that his friend was throwing um, in New York and his friend was a big fan of this record uh, and was playing it at the party and Pete heard it and thought it sounded cool. So uh, then his friend said, oh, by the way, this guy lists you as like one of his inspirations. And then Pete got in touch with me because of that to say like, I liked the, the record and it would be cool if you ever want to do something. And then it was maybe, wasn't super long after that, I don't think, that I, I asked him to to mix a bunch of songs that I'd recorded. And uh, we just kind of, the ball just kind of kept rolling from there uh, until now. Pete, what do you like about Noah's music? Um, well, I mean, uh, it's quite a wide thing, but um, a bunch of different things. I like his melodic sense. I like the fact that it has a unique sound to it. And he's always trying to, I think he's, he's, I don't know if he knows it. I don't know if he's even trying to do it, but it always has a twist to the, to the, the, the sonic architecture of it that, that I like. Or not always, but most of the times it does. And, uh, yeah, from the first time when I heard Person Pitch on someone's roof in, uh, in New York, um, I, I thought it was beyond cool, actually. Um, I thought it was awesome. Um, but, yeah, in different ways on different days, I think, different tracks. But the, his, his melodic sense, his, his rhythmic sense, structure of a lot of the songs, you know, I, I, uh, I dig it. No, same question to you. Uh, I like the the simplicity of his music and his kind of like less is more approach to stuff. I've certainly been like super inspired by that. 
Um, and there's there's a kind of like honesty to his music that I like a lot that I respond to. Listening to both of your music, um, both individually and together, um, it seems to me like you're musicians who like something quite weird, but also a really strong melody. Would that be fair? I think we both have a, a and, and maybe in a different way, um, but we both have a really appreciation of pop music as well. And, you know, I certainly put my my both hands up and say, you know, I love pop music, even though it's not really the field. I'm not particularly working in a totally pop field. Uh, field. I think I like it to inform it. And uh, I really enjoy doing stuff where it has a twisted pop. You know, my, my favorite pop is things like... Um, you know, magical mystery to I am the walrus or something where it's clearly a pop record, but it's like a, well, that was like a pop record that no one had ever made a pop record like before. And just sort of trying to bring unusual stuff in, um, like on the, on edge of the edge from reset. Um, it endlessly amused me to hear them playing it on the BBC on the radio with all the modem sounds and the little dial-up noises and this, you know, stuff that really shouldn't make sense at all in a pop song. Somehow bring some sort of, with some some atmosphere in with it. Those modem noises, if I remember rightly, I read that you've been trying to use them for years in a record, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a few things on this record where I'd had things uh, like the the whistle that I used as well. I'd had them for years, decades, and some of the percussion we used, um, sleigh bells and stuff like that. And they'd just never really, the sleigh bells I'd used, but the other things, they'd never found their moment. And I, I'd you know, tried with other people to see if they were interested in incorporating some of this stuff. And they never were. So it was, uh, was kind of nice for those things to get their, their day. I'm interested in your working relationship because um, you obviously produced a couple of Panda Bear albums. Um, and I don't know, but I'm guessing that when you're doing that, you get the final say, no, because it's, it's your album. And then you moved on to a collaborative album. Was it sort of strange in a way? Did, was it a very different working relationship you had or was it pretty much the same kind of thing? I think it's always kind of been the same. Uh, and I, I would owe that just to kind of like how, how we are as just sort of our, our, our respective methods. Uh, we're not too, uh, too, too strict about stuff or like too intense about imposing our kind of perspective on the thing. Uh, I feel like both of us want, uh, the other to feel happy about the thing and to, uh, we try to keep the egos out of it for the most part if we can. So, uh, I think that kind of makes it easy, but um, yeah, I feel like uh, this one was certainly the, like the most collaborative, uh, e each of us kind of doing every part of it. Uh, although the mixing was mostly Pete or almost exclusively Pete, I should say, but, uh, the writing and lyrics, uh, overdubs, that was all like both of us doing all of that stuff and singing and, um, harmonies, 
it was all all kind of collaborative. But that the spirit of of this collaboration on this record, I feel like was um, was there from the first time we did stuff together. Like on Tomboy, there was just emails back and forth about what do you think about this, and uh, it was never like here it is, it's done. It was always kind of like what what about if we did this whether it was him or me saying that um, it's always been the same sort of spirit of collaboration, I feel like. I think the the magic in, in production and, and even in working with other people and maybe even being in bands with other people is that you're trying to do something that, that you both really like it and, and it. and if either of you don't, then it should be easy to lose that and there should be almost nothing that's too precious for, for that. So I, th I think as in production, Really, you have to, and I know in, when I work with different people, I expect to work in a totally different way with each of them. And I really like that and because they make music and think about music in different ways. And to, to try and say, well, this is the way it has to be. This is my technique. This is my, I think is really, um, <clears throat> it's from another era. Um, I mean, you know, people like Phil Spector had had that sort of reputation, for example, sort of his way or the highway. Um, but I don't think it's uh, that's from a totally different era, and you could argue it's an era where musicians, people in bands, are treated a little bit like slaves by the record companies and sometimes the producers as well. They were just fodder for the machine, and uh, I think we've moved on a bit from that, which is really good, I think. One of the things I love about Reset is that it's based around intros, which I don't think anyone's ever done that before. Um, but it's true that intros are often the best bit of the song. How did that happen? Was it just a moment like one of you was like, you know, what, I really like intros or yeah, how did it happen? I, I just, I noticed from, uh, you know, going through my record collection stuff and having a lot of time to, to re-go through my records during um, lockdown particularly, and even before. The idea occurred to me before, but it sort of, it grew, and, and I kept remembering the idea because I kept having the same sensation. And there were just some songs where I just felt the, the intro was just so awesome and instantly gave such an energy that you sort of floated into the track on that, that, that it might work as something to try and, and use as a uh, sort of platform to, to build on or a, a good foundation where it instantly had some vibe that you were feeding off of, which I, I always say if a song's really good, it'll sort of everything about it will just happen, right? Everyone will react well with it because of the song is good. And I think it's part of that kind of. Other than the intros you used on the record, are there any particular intros you think are kind of all time greats? We were Rocky. Truthfully? Stomp, stomp, clap. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. It's so awesome. That, that, I mean, that whole song is just the vocals and, and them stamping, right? And stamping, clapping, and the vocals until right at the end, and then that guitar, the until that guitar part comes in. It's awesome uh, production in general, that song. But Queen were, Queen, Queen were good with that. They were... And again, they're, they're a band who kind of kept reinventing their sound a little bit. 
I think they 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 did some interesting. I'm not a massive fan actually, but I do I do respect them a lot. See, this is interesting. I can't imagine you in rugby in you know 1985 when you're embarking on your kind of psychedelic adventures. I can't imagine you being like, actually, I quite like Queen. Uh, just... Closet Queen fan. <laughs> uh, it was more my brother's thing. You know, I remember him uh, getting News of the World for Christmas. And it's a really powerful piece of music, you know. Uh, well, that whole album is, but uh, it's like We Will Rock You. It's really, uh, you know, you really feel they put themselves into that. And Freddie Mercury particularly. Not, not really Pete's style, though, I would say. That's, that's, that's more my side of the tracks. <laughs> you know what I'm waiting for tonight, though, right? When you, you know, start that intro. <laughs> Pete, you once said that um, making music is not a particularly comfortable experience for you. But it sounds to me like you had a lot of fun recording Reset, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I, even when it's not a lot of fun, uh, not a lot of fun, it, when it's hard is what I'd say. Not It's not a lot of fun. It's hard. No, and no, it feels, I think that music, it's good to be exposing yourself emotionally a little bit and, and really being sort of opening yourself. And it, it's a little, it's harder to do that. And sometimes, particularly with lyrics and stuff, sometimes to you're putting yourself out there in a way. And I think it should feel, should feel hard. Um, but no, this was a lot of fun to make this record. It was it was tough because it was in COVID, and you know, like everyone else, we were getting our heads crushed by all the the shenanigans, and the political nonsense, and uh, the whole psychedelic world of COVID. Um, but it was yeah, it was a really uplifting thing to work on. It was really nice, and from when Noah first started sending back his songs on top of these loops. It was really, uh, I could tell straight away that uh, A, he was really on form and was really hitting it. And in a way I felt that the whole load of things he was doing that he hadn't done before that I really liked. Um, so yeah, it, um, it really just kind of vibe. And then when we started to feel that vibe, we decided to try and hone in on it and, and, and amplify it and make it as light and as fun and as medicinal as, as possible in, this, in the same way it was for us. So that's an interesting thing because it feels to me like a very fun, light album. I mean, I don't mean light and light is often seen as a bad thing, if you know what I mean, but I mean that as in well, joyful. But the lyrics, right, are pretty dark. Um, how... Did that? I mean, was that a deliberate contrast you were trying to do, or was that just what kind of came out? It's pretty much just what came out, but uh, it did seem cool to me after I sort of noticed the the contrast of it. But most of the themes of the songs and sort of the subject matter uh, came from conversations that Pete and I had, even be- like way before COVID. Um, we we hang out usually once or maybe once every two weeks. Um, we'll have dinners and stuff like that. And a lot of the stuff from the record came from conversations that we had about stuff, especially stuff that we, we kind of felt like was sort of under the surface that really, um, became really explicit in the COVID times or seemed really obvious in the COVID times. And, uh, 
trying to highlight some stuff that was maybe kind of difficult or um, uh, not so happy, but always in in a, in a spirit of um, positivity and trying to like uh, improve things and uh, always in like a loving way, as corny as that sounds. I think as well, well I remember one of the conversations we, we were having when, again, <clears throat> from listening to records, I listened to most of my life and hearing them in a different way sometimes. And it occurred to me how many records were made in Jamaica in the mid to late 60s, uh, ska and early reggae sort of stuff, where they were singing about tough times. I mean, you know, shit that was going down in Jamaica politically, economically, socially. They really were dealing with it. and But they always did it in a really upbeat, positive way. And it just seemed to really be a great... A really great idea and, and maybe something that maybe it was was sort of kind of unique to Jamaican music. I'm trying to think of a, there might be some South American musics or something where they also positively sing about uh, tough times. But uh, I remember just having that convo for sure. I think it's sort of like comedy or specifically stand-up comedy where like, Sometimes the best way to deal with the, the the most intense, serious, harshest stuff is to kind of make light of it or joke about it. It's like the way to make it kind of palatable so that you can think about it and deal with it. Pete, in fact, you called it, um, Reset, sorry, one of those records that's for children of all ages. What do you mean by that? I mean, all ages, like, you know, zero to 120, whatever the, the record is. Uh, I just think there's something uh, playful about it that I think is a really nice thing never to lose. And I think some people, and, and maybe it's perception a little bit of looking at other people as they grow older, they lose this sort of, maybe they lose the joy a little bit and they they, they stop being playful. And I think it's, uh, it's a shame a little bit. I think it's nice to... Uh, to have that playful sort of aspect to it. And um, I, I, I was really pleased the way we had this playful back and forth in the record. And I remember one of the guys, uh, Lucas, he does um, bits and pieces for us, uh, visual stuff. And some of our visuals tonight actually on Go On were, were uh, done by him. Um, I remember him saying that straight away when I sent it to him. It sounded like we were really, you know, having fun, playing games in the studio, which is really, you know, was really awesome vibe, I think, to, to try and put into a record. So in the name of research, I tried it on my kids. <laughs> and they, they quite liked it, but I think they thought it was a, it was a, it was a bit strange. Um, have you tried it on your kids? No? Uh... Yeah, Jamie's heard this one when we went to the do the VR thing. My son was there, and uh, I think he said most of it. I think his direct quote was, "There was some cool stuff, but most of it was ass." <laughs> but uh, my my kids don't really like my stuff, so I kind of to to protect my own sort of sense of self worth, I don't play them stuff very much anymore. It bruises my ego too intensely. <laughs> so, in in your pitchfork profile, 
um, there was something that I'm not sure if it was a joke or not um, that you've considered adapting the songs for a stage presentation. Not a joke. Not a joke at all. Almost straight away in the the order the songs started coming together, it had a feel like a sort of, it felt like a kind of West Side Story-ish. It felt like there was a dialogue throughout the whole thing. And I think the record is has a real dialogue through the whole thing. You really feel there's some sort of journey, and and from quite early on we had the idea to try and create, try and get someone interested in making a, maybe even for kids as well, and and maybe even integrating percussion in, instruments and elements which are often popular with kids. If you go to most <clears throat> schools' music equipment and look at it, most of it will be percussion. So I guess it's uh, it's a thing. So yeah, it's something we we haven't found the the uh, perfect collaborator yet. But the idea of doing a, a stage presentation of it still uh, still has an appeal. I would love that. And are, are there playbook version of the songs? Are they intended for karaoke? If that's what you want to do with it, but we've also done a songbook that um, with all the uh, uh, you know a good accurate transcription of all the songs and all the parts within the songs as well. And again, it's something that no one does anymore. Where for people who play instruments and can read music, you can straight away you can you know play the songs straight away and and you know do whatever, play your. I mean, the people sense films of them playing clarinet and doing clarinet versions of uh, songs or, or uh, yeah, totally re reimagining them. So it's, it's really nice. I think it's, uh, it's a nice conversation to have with people and the covers and things like that. It's cool. It's nice. It's interesting. And you've played two gigs so far on this tour, I believe. Just one. one in Madrid. How, how was it? It was good. Yeah, it was a good time last night. We've played uh, maybe seven, seven or around seven shows, let's say. Always just in little kind of bits, two, maybe three at a time. I don't think we've done three yet, but... Um, and we have we have a bunch more planned for the rest of the year, but always just in quick little little trips. Not, nothing too too long or verbose. We both like our lives in Portugal a lot and being away for weeks on end touring. And also I think we, we, we both have a, a feeling that um, we wanted to do this this whole tour and the way that we do things in general with a, a low impact and not to be traveling with lots of people for long periods of time, hundreds of flights and just you know essentially being part of pumping stuff through air, airports and train stations. Um, and we, well, we'll try and travel by train whenever we can to av- avoid flying. But um, we just wanted to keep it. I mean, you know, we were coming out of the pandemic when people were getting their tours cancelled over and over again. So we wanted to keep it uh, something that was really easy for us to go out and do stuff and uh, be able to play some shows. And it is really fun playing the shows. But going on the road for three or four weeks uh, at a time is not fun for people who have to go out on the road for three or four weeks at a time. We wanted to take the less is more approach from making the music to doing the tours and sort of keep that uh, philosophy in mind for every every facet of, of the release. 
Well, I was going to ask Noah because um, I think a lot of people felt bad when Animal Collective had to cancel their their tour because I think, well, a lot of people felt, you know, if Animal Collective can't make enough money to go on tour, you know, what's happening, you know, successful band. Um, and I think it, it was, yeah, it just felt quite quite sort of, Sad, I think. So it's good to see you back. I mean, it's just everything good in 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 that that side of your life. Uh, do you mean the touring side of life, or do you mean the AC side of AC. life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all good. Um, it definitely feels like we've hit a in Animal Collective. There's been periods of time where we kind of all we finished sort of a cycle of recording and playing together and touring together and then we kind of go off and do different things for a while and it definitely feels like we're in that kind of window right now but uh uh otherwise yeah all good happy to say i think i think there were i think there were other bands as well that i don't think they're the only bands who had exactly the same issues with crazy costs rising gig fees didn't suddenly rise or ticket prices in parallel you know the, the, those governed by a slightly different economic uh, I, I just think they were very open and honest about it but I think a lot of people would have just uh, just cancelled stuff and, and that was didn't say anything so yeah totally I mean I felt like people it wasn't that I don't no one no one blamed the band I think people just kind of wished it could have happened and that you know the circumstances yeah, I wanted to ask so uh, over the 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 last year for example I've seen a lot of Spaceman 3 songs being used i've seen like those spaceman three in succession um i there was spaceman three in the simpsons which i i had never how, how do you feel about this this weird psychedelic music you made 20 years ago going kind of mainstream how do you feel about it? i think going mainstream might be stretching it a little bit but uh, them using something slightly less mainstream in The Simpsons was was I was very surprised that they used it, and I think sometimes what happens is the the hipster kids who are making the stuff sketch things in with stuff, and it's expected maybe to be changed, and sometimes they can't find a way to change it. Um, I don't know. Matt Groening has pretty diverse music tastes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, but I, I, it's also The Simpsons is a massive industry, and I, I imagine there are many people uh, pitching in their yeah, their thoughts on, the, on yeah, the and, and on what's up to par and all the rest of it. But I mean, who knows? I have no idea really. Um, but it's nice, yeah. For some reason, it's the way it is. Sometimes things things hit their time totally at a different time to when they were actually meant to hit their time. <laughs> No, I don't. Yeah, um, Prada. Oh yeah, did a Gucci, did a Gucci ad. Uh, I mean, they pay very well these things. I have to tell you, and especially when it's an old song, um, that's just something that's there in your catalogue, so to speak. It's uh, it's nice, and it, it always brings in new people to check out other stuff, and it's nice. I like it. I was fascinated because, I, I mean, I, I really love Succession. I think most people did. And we were sitting there watching some arsehole's birthday party, basically. And on comes your song. But did you know it was happening? Were you all kind of prepared? Or? Yeah, they, 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 they clear it beforehand. I mean, they, 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 do the, they do the deal before they use it. Um, 
Yeah. They usually send you like a synopsis of the episode and what's going to happen and how it's going to be used. Yeah. They, they, you don't get like a screener or anything. They just no. sort of describe yeah. what's going to happen. With the Simpsons one, originally he was meant to be in the actual episode. I think he takes the wrong mix of medication by mistake, but it, it was actually a GHB he took in the in the script because he's like on a break from Marge, I think, and goes wild. I feel as in Vegas. <laughs> I've only seen that that clip. I've only so I don't quite know what's happening. But it, I tell you what, it looks brilliant. Whatever he's up to, it sounds like the the, uh, the, the yeah. I mean. To be used in The Simpsons is is great, but to be used in one of their trip scenes, where they, they which they do every so often, and it was the season launch thing. It was their thing. It was nice. It was really, yeah, and it surprised a lot of people as well. No, a very quick question, if I may, because I'm fascinated by this as well. What was it like to work with Daft Punk? Yeah, it was really, really cool. I mean, it was kind of a, a dream come true for me. So I was just really conscious of not kind of blowing it, you know. Uh, it was pretty brief for me. It was only three days. So it w I just had to like crank it out. Uh, but they're super cool and uh, was very pleasantly surprised at how kind of generous and, and kind they were with me. And uh, also, especially how much it was obvious they were real lovers of music and just had really deep kind of uh, passionate connections to things uh, within music. And um, there was nothing I could kind of bring up that they wouldn't know about and have some sort of comment about. So, uh, yeah, I was just like super impressed and grateful to to make stuff with them. To get a Grammy. Uh, they got they got a Grammy. They got a Grammy. You got a Grammy. You all got Grammys. I was just thinking of a bizarre connection, which didn't occur to me before because I doing how you satisfy me. Yeah. yeah, I know. I didn't know about that until recently. They they got in touch recently to clear it for some documentary, a Daft Punk document, early years or something. But they and told you. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. But I didn't know that they had covered How You Satisfy Me. Um, yeah, I was surprised. It's nice. <laughs> i got to tell you, How You Satisfy Me is a big song for me and my wife. It's a very romantic yeah. song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big song for me. <laughs> it's one of my fav, favorite jams, that one. That I, that I, and it, it has a little bit of reset about it because it's based on the middle eight of uh, an Evie Sands um, version of a Chip Taylor song, I Can't Let Go. And I really like the middle eight, and I, like, I want to make a song that's like that all the way through, which is a similar idea in a way to we used on Reset. Well, well, I was going to say that was the thing. I, I heard the Evie Sands song um, on a compilation you put together, which was quite enlightening. It was good. Yeah. I mean, I in no way I'm trying to hide. I mean, I, I, I um, get influenced by all sorts of people and I, I am always very grateful for it. And I like to people to, I like them to get credit for it. I don't, I don't want to be trying to pass it off as like, oh, this is my work. I just want to be honest and go, I think that's awesome. And I did this with what I thought about it, so. One last question. You've been very generous with your time. Um, and I know Reset is, is just out 
Um, well, last year. But... Recently out on vinyl. Okay, okay. What's next? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Well, yeah. we know we're going to keep playing these shows for probably like the rest of the year, just here and there. But uh, besides that, yeah, I have no idea. The, the album came out of us not saying, let's make an album. We just sort of playing around, really. We were just... All the best stuff happens. Yeah. So let's see. Let's... Uh, and, you know, every time we've worked together, has been in a different way and on quite different records, I would, I would argue. So um, who knows? Best not to plan things. Yeah. So we have no idea. We're just <laughs> taking shots in the dark. <laughs> well, I personally hope you soon say, let's not make another album, and then something else pops up. No, we're not saying that. <laughs> we're definitely not saying that. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much.